everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good evening and welcome to a strange parenting tale. Sure. I mean, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Tales from the crash. <laughs> Good evening, boils and ghouls. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts, but you can call me the crash keeper. And I'm Nick, the other one of the co-hosts. I prefer Tales from the Crib, where it's like, yo-yo. Go on, finish this in a way that doesn't turn out vaguely racist, I dare you. No, no, I mean he has a yo-yo. Oh. Like... Well, I guess you sure showed me. <laughs> Time to kill myself. Babies can use yo-yos, Liam. They shouldn't. A lot of moving parts in there. A lot of small bits, ball mm. bearings, etc. You're right. Tales from the Crib has been cancelled. Instead, we'll just have to do Instead, JoJo's Instead, we're going to watch an episode of MTV's Cribs. <laughs> This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast in which we recap and discuss episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is the 84th, I'm going to guess, uh, 87th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I didn't have the thing up. Yeah, but like literally after last week we were like, it's 86. It's 86. It's 86. That was a week ago. That's fair. That's fair. This is the 87th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and the 13th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. That's one third of the way through the season, Nicholas. Ooh. Thoughts? Yeah. Can confirm. Fact <laughs> I, I, check. I have them, don't worry. I definitely have thoughts. It covers chapters 315 through 317 of the manga. Nice. This episode is brought to you by the ever-attractive and resplendently wealthy, I've written his name down wrong, but I know who it is, Pokemon Tom 09 slash Ruminations, who I have written down as Pomamon Tim 09 slash Ruminations. Ah, uh, yes. Pomamon Tim... Have you seen... Have you seen... <laughs> How is this possibly related to anything? Two things that have you seen. They, there was a leaked thing recently... <laughs> Uh -huh. um, where they leaked a bunch of beta, um, what what were beta designs of Pokemon Gold and Silver Pokemon? Uh, what? As in like the character, like the concept art, like things. early early drafts, and but like I think also a game too. Okay. And there's like an evolution of Ditto in there, and an evolution of Farfetch, um, and they just all look super rad. Hmm. Okay, but wasn't Ditto in the first game? But he evolves. Oh. What? What Ditto? Ditto. The Pokemon. The one that's shaped like a friend. <laughs> because he can be anything you want. Yeah. Friends are where you find them. Especially in your pocket. Are you talking about my wallet? I'm talking about the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> the other thing have you seen, which I saw on Facebook this morning. Yeah. Was someone did a frankly astonishing amount of Australian themed Pokemon designs. I mean, this sounds amazing. I remember there was one that was, um, it was like a sort of... Tick or um, tiny parasite with um, a lot of plant matter on its back mm. called the Vegemite. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And there was like... Um, was there a punching kangaroo called Kangaroid? I don't remember seeing any kangaroos, actually, but there already is a kangaroo Pokemon oh. called Kangaskhan. That... It's also a Mongol warlord. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a kangaroo Pokemon. Yeah. And there was like a pie, a couple of pie ones. Um, there was a kookaburra that was a thief. Uh <laughs> The legendaries were like called like Big O, Big B, and Big something else, and they're like the Big Orange and the Big Banana. Yeah. What about the Big uh, Paddock? Was there a Paddock Pokemon? No Paddock Pokemon. Um, Sheep. There was um, Gutung, uh, 
Goo Tail and Guana, the lizards that were made of goo. Jesus Christ. Okay. You're bringing it up now. Let me see you? if I can pull up oh, a couple of Christ. choice Australian mons. Because they had some, some good names. He made 150 of them. Artist Paul Robinson. Wait, so he's made a full game's worth of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Sydney. It's a Stegosaurus with the Sydney, Harbor, uh, Sydney Opera House on its back. <laughs> and it's just and then Sid, S-I-D-N-E-E. Melbourne, which appears to be Flinders Street Station. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like Kickfish, Boogill and Surfin, which are um, boogie board, kickboard and surfboard themed um, oh, fish. That's amazing. And also um, Sugar, a piece of sugar cane. Cane beetle, a uh, sugar cane beetle. Mm. And Cane Toad, which is a cane toad with a cane made of sugar cane in its hand and a top hat on its head. If you can't make fun of parasites, what can you do? I like stubby and long neck. I like sprinkles, which is fairy bread, which for our international listeners is um, an Australian party treat um, with shitty white bread um, slathered in butter and then coated in uh, hundreds Hundreds and thousands, thousands. which are a particular sort of round sprinkle. It is one of the greatest things you will ever consume yeah, in your life. Yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> but it's, it's garbage. But it's the best. It's amazing. Um, which evolves into Lamington. <laughs> which evolves into Pavlova. Pavlova? Oh, man. And there's a Tucker, which is a Tucker box um, with a statue of a dog on it. So named for that that classic piece of Australia, Australiana, that poem, The Dog Sits on a Tucker Box Nine Miles from Gundagai. Nice. How very depressing. And of course, Yo-Yo, Tim Tam, and Arnot. Wait, what? Where are they? A series of biscuit-themed Pokemon. Oh my god, that is amazing. Oh my god, it just keeps going. Slip Slop Slap, so named for our famous Australian, uh, what, <laughs> Sun Smart campaign? Yeah. you got to give credit to them for making the word slop part of a popular <laughs> campaign. I just love that Slap looks like he's going to eat you and slap you silly if you don't get in his mouth. Uh, Quackadile. Which is a, a native wombat-esque animal that, like, walks on hind legs occasionally. Cassowar evolves into Cassowaria. Crookaburra. Crookabee. Oh, and my personal favourites are Dinglo, Dingoast, and Jingo. <laughs> anyway, Australian Pokemon. Check it out. Artist is named... Uh, Paul Robertson. Paul Robertson. Thank you, Pimamon Tim 7 Slash Ruminations. Thank you kindly for your generous donations. Thank you for giving us an excuse to talk about Pomamons. Man, let me tell you more about Potamons. Let me tell you about Homestuck. (laughs) So. So. This isn't a Pokemon podcast. No, this is the podcast where we talk about Han Solo, a solo story starring Solo. Low on fizz so you can slam it down fast. I liked that movie. It was very good. There was a man who did lots of cool gun flip trips. And there was a man who wore a cape. Yeah, but there was already a man that wore a cape. And Chewie was in it. Yeah, but but we're not a Star Wars podcast, Liam. I haven't seen Solo. In fact, I don't even have any Solo in my fridge. Nick, I can't be held responsible for your personal shortcomings forever. Can't you? We picked up something crazy. Oh, God, here we go. What what did you think about this episode, Nicky boy? (laughs) You're just going full Australian now. Oh, I feel like I'm out ready to get out there and find some Pomamons. Uh, well, here's what I think. Pokemon? That's a funny name. I'd have called them Chazwazers. Oh, I see you've played Pokemon Chazwazza before. So you've played Pokemon Digimon before. Oh, Jesus. Do you remember Digimon World? That, like, PS1 game where you had... I never had a PS1. Ooh. I remember Digimon Stories Cyber Sleuth for the yeah. PlayStation 
four, maybe. I don't know. It went really weird. Like instead of being like Pokemon where you catch Digimon, it was just like, here is your one Digimon that you will train and it will evolve over time. But over enough time, it will then revert back to its original. You seen that new Pokemon game they're making where it's um Pomachu and Emi on the Smash. Pokemon, that is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, on the Nintendo Pokemon Smash. Let's Go for the Switch. Yeah, in which um it's Pokemon Go mechanics to but catch on the Pokemon, Switch. um but also with battles against trainers. Mm. Neat. Cool beans. This is not the mainline RPG though, so. But you can dress up your Eevee. Oh, yeah, all right, fine, fine. You know, I love a good dress-up game. We were literally just talking about how you played Overwatch uh, and then you bought things We were talking Overwatch. about this. We were talking about this over lunch. Uh, <laughs> we went and found something delicious. Uh, and... <laughs> you were very bummed that you didn't I was get talking, to make the tweet. I was talking about... Delicious. I was talking about how... Um, in a game like, say, Star Wars Battlefront 2, for instance, with mm-hmm. loot boxes that give you progression and things like that, I'll never buy any. But if I, if it's going to give me cool costumes and shit, that just <laughs> triggers part of my brain I can't resist. Nick, preliminary thoughts on this episode. <laughs> uh, it was a little weird. And then when I got to the end, a I was little like, crazy. Bizarre. Oh, yeah, I'd say it was a little bizarre. Town. It wasn't very noisy, though. Well, actually, it was a bit noisy, wasn't it? Because there was a baby crying. Bit of ruckus. Oh, my God. Bit of ruckus and sleepy Morio out there today. But Liam, the baby slept soundly at the end. And that's all that mattered. Uh, Yeah, no, it was a bit weird. Bit fucking weird. But then when you got to the very end, you're like, oh. Oh, I get it now. Oh, that is very on the nose, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, rather. But I thought it was good. I thought it was a solid metaphor for... Who we are deep down inside. Solid metaphor for absentee parenting. Yeah. Invisible children. Much like... No, I'm not going there. Wow! <laughs> oh, boy! <laughs> you see what I was going We're for. cutting that out. You need to um, lower your voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> you call me racist. What? No, that wasn't a racist thing. Wait, what were you going to I'm do? not going to say. Oh, it's God. political, but it wasn't racist. Oh, okay. Moving on. Here we go. This entire bit is useless. We open right into the OP. Etc. Cowboy Bebop, available now on DVD. At first I thought you were doing the um, Sonichino Sadame. Oh, is that the... Yeah, um, first song. No! Oh, yes, it is that. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, that's how I remember it. It's just this terrible execution. Uh, Tommy. I miss Tommy. Who was Tommy? He's the guy who sang that song. <laughs> is he the guy who came out on stage? In a cowboy with, hat. In a cowboy hat and like uh, the big old spurs And you're just like, wow, Japan, what a place. <laughs> Even someone who wants to be McCree can be a pop star. <laughs> Even to this day, they say he's still singing. Probably is. <laughs> Probably is, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> In the small town of Morio, there's a radio station. And that radio station tells us a letter from Troubled Lonesome Boy. Oh, why are you so lonesome? Well, you see, Troubled Lonesome Boy, as he writes in his letter, mm. can't get a hold of his girlfriend. I oh, know. He's worried that uh, that he might have uh, scared her off by coming too, on too strong when he proposed to her recently. Oh. And he gave her a, a, an engagement ring with a ruby um, in it. Yes, which is her birthstone. <laughs> Wait a minute. And he hasn't seen her since. 
But wasn't there like a thing with a hand last week? Why, yes, there was a thing with a hand last week in which a severed dead hand had a ruby red birthstone on it. Hmm. So... It's probably fine. Oh, okay. They're probably unrelated incidents. (laughs) It's all coincidental after all. Mm -hmm. Our friends, Jotaro, Koichi, Josuke, Okuyasu, are at a table at a cafe. What's the name of the cafe? I actually can't remember off the top of my head, but it is a recurring cafe in sort of the main Morio strip that we have. It's the same cafe that Koichi um, went on his date to, with Yukako mm. with. At. Indeed it was. Mm. I remember this because... This is, this is a recurring location in this story. Oh, are we going to come back to it even more? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Joseph is also there, but he's sitting at another table by himself. He's just there like... Mm. Like, I understand why Josuke might have made him sit by himself, but I'm surprised Jotaro... <laughs> allowed that. I'm surprised that. Wait, is Jotaro at the table with them? Or maybe he arrives because he does. He does rock up with, with an attaché case containing the, the bow and arrow. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe it's not. Uh, it's not quite. Maybe Jotaro was like, "No, son, go play with your little friends, and I'll be over here trying to remember what my daughter looks like." Ooh, bleak. So yeah, jo- Jotaro's just gotten back from checking out Akira's house. Turns out he'd been stealing a bunch of shit with his stand. Like 500 million yen worth. Yeah. Or something ludicrous like that. But he's like, he won't be causing us any more trouble. Cut to the prison that Akira is in. Jotaro is standing at the bars being like, if you try anything again, I'm going to kill you. He's like, okay, I'll be safer here. Yeah. Cut back to the cafe. Jotaro's like, yeah, he's not going to give us any more trouble. I just want to know, like, at what point Jotaro's like, I'm leaving now. This is safe. And not, I'm leaving now. He definitely will go through like a wall socket somewhere and then try to attack all of us again and then probably get away with it. Mm. Like, surely, surely he'd just be like, well, we're going to stop you from ever getting out. Maybe he's in like a Faraday cage or something. I mean, that's not how that works. He does just look like he's in prison. Yeah. Looks like in Why a wouldn't that prison. be how it works? Well, okay. So a Faraday cage, Liam, as someone who's studying electrical engineering right now. Kay Faraday is a, is a side character in... Miles Edgeworth, Ace Attorney Investigation Games. Attorneys are people that study law. And prosecutors are people that prosecute. With two equally important systems, law and order. But a Faraday cage is... Uh, It basically stops waves transmitting out. But not electricity. So if you have an electrical field, each side will basically counteract. I think it's how it works. Okay. Um, But if you have, like, a charge in it, it can still move around the cage. But can it get out of the cage? Yes. Okay. So if you have a guy hold on to the bars and then send his stand through the metal that it's made out of... What if he's just in, like, a big rubber room then? I mean, that, he's fucked. He's (laughs) well fucked at that point, you know? It does does just look like a regular prison. (laughs) Are you, uh... Are you pepped up on coffee that you can't talk about? I'm hopped up on goofballs. (laughs) That damn moon pie is changing kids' minds. So anyway, he's like, yeah, I'm going to take this bow and arrow to the Speedwagon Foundation. They're going to examine it with their science and help us unlock the mystery of stands. What are they? No one's entirely sure. (laughs) Where did they come from? Why do they exist? This thing? Why? I mean, I can even hold this stand. (laughs) And Koichi's like, great. I'm glad we resolved that. It wasn't a big deal in the end. Some people died, Koichi. I mean, Koichi was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okuyasu's brother was murdered. And he probably murdered a few people in his own right. There was a guy who was very willing to just take down Jotaro uh, in the most murderous way possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who else did we have? I don't know if anyone else died. 
They certainly came close. Yeah. There were many close fucking calls there, Koichi, but it was no big deal in the end. Yeah. Except for that guy that murdered people with a stand. So Jotaro is basically like, okay, I'm going to be away for a while. Um, just watch out for other stand users that might be around. So what do they do? Cut to, like, camera pushes past them a bit uh, to Joseph at his next table, being like, Japanese coffee is the best coffee. Have we ever had this, like, come out of Joseph's mouth before? Well, do you recall? His attitudes towards the Japanese and coffee at the start of part three. I do, being quite negative. Mm. 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 So maybe he's come around in old age. Or maybe he has declined mentally and he doesn't remember his old prejudices. (laughs) Or maybe he's a sad old man with Mm. many character flaws that we'll never overcome. It could be growth or it could be mental degeneration. We're not entirely sure. Either way, functionally the same. I would like to think that going on a long bonding experience with his Japanese grandson would help Jotaro get over some of his prejudice. (laughs) Sorry, help Joseph get over some of his prejudice. There we go. Uh, maybe, but at the same time, it wasn't in Japan. But Jotaro's ethnically Japanese, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, they didn't go across Japan so that he could learn all the Japanese things and be all like, Ah, this tea here tastes remarkably different, or anything like that. Avdol was a big fan of the tea ceremony. That is true, he was. Maybe in death he must carry on his legacy. Mm, mm. Mm. Anyway, the bus they're going to be catching is going to be here soon. So, uh, Josuke and Joseph wander on off. And Koichi's all like, oh, it's so sweet. I hope they're going to be okay. Anyway, we're not in this episode anymore. Okiyasu gets a big cake. (laughs) Bring me your finest cake, cake owner. Meanwhile, Josuke's house. Tomoko gets a phone call. Ring, ring, motherfucker. Opportunities are ringing. Wait, no, opportunities knocking at the door. What's a good thing for ringing? Uh, ring, ring. It's a lifeline. No, that's shit. I'd like to ask the audience... (laughs) Audience input, please do something better than what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> it's Josuke on the phone. Why would he call? That's unusual. Hmm. Just, just, uh, checking in that you're What, do you older. need something, son? <laughs> huh? Hey, punk, you're my son. Is that right? <laughs> so he's all just like, you're going to be home all day today, right? Nothing, no, no, no big deal. Just, just wondering. Yeah, I will be home all day. Why do you need to know that? No reason. Bye. Clink. Man, that's some weird shit that's yeah, going down. She, she's all like, I hope he's not planning something weird. Cut to Josuke. I hope mum didn't think that was weird. <laughs> she knows. He gets out of the phone booth and he sees that Joseph has just wandered off and is crossing the road. He pulls a real cranky face and chases after him. He's like, I told you to stay by the phone booth, young man. Yep. The irony. Basically, like, he gets up behind him and is yelling. And then he, Joseph slowly turns around and is like, were you calling me? Because, like, deafness, I guess. Yeah. Old man, I told you to stay by the damn phone booth. We're going to take a bus because yeah. we can't call okay, a taxi. Okay, so he says, yeah, we can't get a taxi at this hour. Mm. We're going to have to call the bus. I don't know what's up with that. But... No. Mm. Maybe maybe it's peak hour and small town Mario only has so many taxis. <laughs> maybe they don't have taxis. And it's like they, they have to come have from taxis. the city. Do they? Yeah, remember Jotaro came to town in a taxi? Yeah, he came to town in a taxi, but then the taxi left Mario. Mm. So maybe they don't have taxis in Mario. Seems unlikely to me, but okay. It seems extremely unlikely to me as well. But you never know. So they have a they have a, a dramatic moment. It's all very soap opera. Josuke's all, 
Now, Dad, I'm not going to call you Dad. <laughs> I don't mean to be pushy, but you're not allowed to talk to my mum. You're going to look at her from a distance. You understand me? Yeah. She's not going to be happy just because you came to visit. This is going to destroy her if she finds out you're here. And he's all like, oh, I promise, son. And then he looks behind him and is all like, oh, something's... Well, no, no, that's, oh? that's in a bit. Oh. Because Josuke turns his back to him and keeps monologuing and oh, is like, Jesus, that's right. I'm going to be calling you Mr. Joestar. It just doesn't seem right to call you dad because I've never met you. Oh, son. And then after you see my mum, I want you to go straight back to America. Don't be a part of my life because you never were before. <gasps> oh, son. And, and yeah, so Joseph. I always knew you'd turn out too cool for <laughs> I school. always knew you'd turn on me, but I didn't <laughs> think it would be like this. <laughs> Um, there's a cool transition where, like, Joseph is sad, and then it cuts to Josuke, and then it sort of fades through Josuke into his interior monologue, and his chin appears, his hand appears on his chin, and he's like, man, this is awkward. (laughs) God, you know, I didn't realise that my dad would be here. It's best to be honest, though, but man, I don't like being the bad guy. (laughs) And then... He slowly turns around. Yeah, Joseph looks down, and there's... No, not yet. Oh, (laughs) goddammit. He slowly turns around, and Joseph's gone. Hey, what? And the, a bus is driving away. Oh, shit. And he says to a couple of very ugly looking st- <laughs> standbyers, they're not passers by because they're standing Excuse still. Excuse me, do you have any stands for purchase? <laughs> sure, yeah. Hello, welcome to the Stand Emporium. How many stand coins will that be? Or would it be Joe coins? How many joins, Liam? How many joins will this it be? This is not good. How is this not good? We've just created an entire economy. We've just enti- created an entire cryptocurrency. Yeah. We're going to call them Joe joins. Hate you. We hate, have, hate you and your portmanteaus. We have Joe chain technology. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying this. I want to make a Joe a Joe join. And he says, hey, did you see where that burly old man went? Dude, he's still fucking rich. Yeah. I just love all these references to, like, because he looks, compared to how we've known him, he yeah. just looks so frail. Yeah. But everyone keeps talking about him like, have you seen that fucking shredded <laughs> geezer? Hey, have you seen that incredibly, like, Stallone-looking motherfucker yeah. over there? Have you seen that statuesque octogenarian? <laughs> Hey, have you seen, like, fucking Goliath walk by recently? <laughs> we saw an old man who looked like Goliath. That's the one. Yeah, he got on that long-distance bus that's going to Sapporo. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Smash cut to Josuke side of the ro- by the side of the road with Joseph. Bus drives off. Josuke's very out of breath. Like, what the hell, bro? I'm surprised you caught us, son. We were almost on the freeway. You would have been on the free... Why am I in the old man's voice if I'm Josuke in this situation? Because you're dying from lack of oxygen. I'm dying from lack of oxygen, old man! Don't do this shit! So is Sapporo a city in Hokkaido? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think it's a long way away from the coast. Sure. Isn't everything in Japan kind of coastal? Yes. <laughs> or maybe it's mountainous. I don't know. It's it's a long way Geography away. has never been my strong suit. I know it's named after a beer... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh man, I love Japan. No, I think it's um, it's like quite a famous place, probably in. It's, I mean, it's a name I've heard. Yeah, I I'm sure it's like up. North. I'm sure I've played a map set there in the Yakuza series. <laughs> you just go there. You're like, so this is where they make Sapporo. This might mm. maybe that's the one that you played uh, Sajima visiting in Yakuza Five, Ooh. and you would go hunting in the mountains and you fight a bear with your fists. I am. Very confused, but I am intrigued. <laughs> Suddenly, 
Joseph turns around. Oh my God, it's finally happening. He turns around and looks down and, and something's tugging at his trousers. Yeah, something's, something's pulling at his trouser leg. You can't see anything, but there's like a definite yanking motion happening to the cuff of his leg. Joseph's like, uh... Something's got my leg. Uh... And Joseph goes, oh, still out of breath. Well, don't let them drag you off somewhere, you, you old geezer. You old fucking... Fuck. And then something grabs Joseph's cane and starts sort of waving it around. Seemingly telekinetically. And there's <laughs> ominous music. And then it drops to the ground and he goes, Oh my god, there's a stand user here. And Josuke, still not really paying attention, is like, Yep, there's two. There's me and there's you. And then uh, Joseph looks down at the sand near the concrete that there's. I, I thought on. it was mud, but. Oh, either way. <laughs> I think it's very important that I. I, I, I <laughs> Fight this battle. Oh, I reckoned it was clay, you know, very malleable. Soft clay. Love a good soft clay surface. Yeah. Really a big fan of ghosting these days, you know? I don't know what that is. It's where uh, you have one person who's making like a pot on one of those spinny things or like a vase or something. Oh, right. I see what you mean. And you have a very erotic clay session. Exactly. And then, you know, if you ghost too hard, you just fall in love immediately, you know? Big fan of that recently. Big fan. But if you ghost too hard, then you might, um, you might inti- create too much drama. You might intimidate your partner and they might ghost you. Ooh. And that is the ghost paradox, mm. isn't it? Um, so yeah, there are these weird hand prints that start emerging in the dirt. And also sort of long lines between them. Yeah. What could that be? They're not footsteps. They're hand marks and they're fresh. And we see like new ones pop in. And Joseph's like, what in the fuck? He does his trademark. Oh my god. Josuke, the stand just laughed. Look, see on top of the sand, he says. Damn it, it's fucking sand. That's what you were saying. Yeah, that's right. You were right. (laughs) I was correct. I was wrong. How time to hand in my Joestar card. Get out of my house. (laughs) Yep, you live here now. Anyway, so there's this weird stand. Clearly yeah. a stand just doing something nearby. Joseph's starting to put together what's happening and then he sees this really angry dog. That just emerged out of fucking it's nowhere. Its eyes are like bugging out of its head and all bloodshot. And it's it all looks, like... It's, it's, like a, it's like a small wolf. <laughs> I mean, it's not... Yeah, okay, it is basically a small wolf, yeah. But it's all black. It leaps through the air, red hot death slathering from its jaws. <laughs> <laughs> the primal, carnal desire to of eat an fresh meat. That's found a vulnerable creature that it can devour and live to fight another day. And then Joseph goes, Have a purple, get the fuck out here. Yep. Grabs a roughly baby-shaped patch of air, pulls it into Joseph's hands. Uh, Josuke then turns around and goes, Hey, what? And there's baby sounds and crying and Joseph's kicking that dog away. He's like, get out of here, you mutt. Having seemingly lost like half its size. <laughs> so Joseph's now holding... Something. And Josuke's like, I can hear a baby crying. What could it be? Could it be a, a, a could, could it be a baby? That's right. And Joseph's like, I can tell now that I'm touching it. I'm holding a naked baby. <gasps> That's weird. I can't see it because it's invisible. That's really weird. Cut to a pro- prolonged shot of the yellow sky as crying happens. <laughs> as crying happens? Crying happens. Oh. Crying is happening. Why is crying happening? Because baby's sad. Ah. And much like many babies, we don't know why. They think it's about six months old. (laughs) Yep. Yep, they think that. Josuke's like, why would a stand user turn a baby invisible? And where's its mum? But Joseph's all, no. I think the baby is the stand user. 
there's precedent for this. Uh, yeah, I guess so, sure. But that's still weird. He says something really weird, like about talking about how the baby, when feeling threatened, instinctively went invisible. Mm. About how adults can develop bald spots for psychological reasons. Ergo, maybe this baby made itself invisible. Now, I'm not saying I studied psychology. But you did. At university. Whoa, university? I know. But he has a pretty good point, okay? When babies get very, very stressed. They turn invisible. They turn invisible for a very long That's time. That's just biology. I, I mean, it's not biology, it's psychology. There's a clear differentiation between the two modalities of thought, Liam. Jesus Christ, <laughs> thought you were better than this. He's trying to make the baby stop crying and he's like, oh, I did something very similar to this a long time ago. Still weird. Do you think he's talking about raising Holly or the stand baby? Hmm. Or both? Hmm. I want to say raising Holly. Don't know. <laughs> and then he figures out it's a little girl. The way you figure out an invisible baby is a little girl. Weird. Yeah, and then smash cut to Jos- Josuke chasing him with his cane. Gonna hit him. <laughs> Come on, old man. He's such a fragile old man. He's doing he's he's running pretty well holding a baby. Yeah, he's doing very well yeah. right now. When the moment demands yeah. it. Chasing him, suddenly again, he goes <gasps> close up on his face. Abrupt stop. Josuke, do you have any tissues? No. No. You see the invisible baby did an no. invisible poop no. on his hand. No. And because it was an invisible poop, he hadn't realized until after he'd scratched his beard with that hand. Oh no. I mean, how would you not realise? There's an ad break here. So let's take a moment to talk about the invisible baby. Okay, um, it's invisible. Yep. I don't know what other possible defining features you want me to give, but it's invisible. Well. If you want me to say, oh, it's got big eyes, it's like, no, it's invisible. I can't remember if it's named in the fiction at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But this baby has a stand named Aktung Baby. What? Okay. And the Jojo Valet note for it is... I made this one to draw a story about Joseph and Josuke, and that's all there is to this stand. It's a stand that turns things invisible. So is its physical form invisible as well, or does it just not have one? Ooh. Shit, man. That's deep. (laughs) That is deep. Fuck me, Iraqi. Calm down, alright? I'm here for fucking stands and dead dogs, alright? I'm not here (laughs) for deep metaphysical questions regarding the nature of magical powers and their usage on babies. Aktung baby. What is this a reference to? This is a reference to the seventh studio album by the Irish rock band U2. <gasps> I, just, I really don't like U2, but go on. <laughs> I'm also not a big fan of theirs, but I am a big fan of the popular comedy slash music podcast, Are You Talking U2 To Me? Please tell me. Starring Scott Ockerman and Adam Scott, or Scott and Scott as they refer to each other. Oh, Jesus. Where they... Talk about U2 albums, or as they call them, Hugh 2. <laughs> what, why Hugh 2? Just because they, they say funny things. <laughs> okay, sure. The members of U2, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do, though, though I am sorely tempted, I'm not going to do the You Talking U2 to Me bit in which I recount fake parody names for them. Aww. The members of U2 are Bono, Bono. Yep, I know The that Edge. One. Wait, what? There are others with weird names? Yeah, Bono and The Edge. Okay. The Edge is the guitarist. Right. Um, Larry Mullen Jr. He doesn't even need a fake name. And <laughs> I actually don't know this guy's real name. But uh, in You Talking You Two to Me, they call him... Oh, he's, it's Adam Clayton, because they call him Adam Clay 2000 Pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, no. <laughs> 
We should start a U2 podcast. No, they've already done that. No, but can never be done better. <laughs> but what if we just listen to every song? Go. This U2 is our... were the band that did the musical, the music for popular murder musical Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Wait, is that real? Yeah. No, that can't be. That's real. Bullshit. That's real. Fact check with Liam. Spider hyphen. Man. That's how you spell Spider-Man. I thought it was all one word. You're wrong. <gasps> turn off, off the dark. <laughs> Google autofills Spider-Man turn off the dark death. <laughs> Spider-Man turn off the dark is a 2010 musical with music and lyrics by U2's Bono and The Edge. Get the fuck fucked. <laughs> what? Was it any good? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> it was right. very bad. Oh, the year before it premiered, the show gained notoriety for its production travels related to the difficulty of its stunts in which several actors were, were injured and frequent rewriting of the book and score. It was a book? Like, at, that's oh, what the they, script. Yeah, the script. Yeah. So, hang on a minute. What is this story about? As of August 2013, six people have been injured while working on Spider-Man. After two stunt doubles were injured during various flying sequences and rehearsals, safety inspectors from the New York Department of Labor reviewed these scenes in the show, and in February, cited the show for two workplace safety violations. Two, three more violations in March 2011. One of the injuries occurred when Spider-Man stunt double Kevin Auburn broke both wrists, and another actor had broken his feet on the same move a month earlier. God damn. On December 20 of some year... 2011, I guess. An actor fell more than 20 feet off a piece of scenery when his harness was not connected to the safety cord, leaving him to free fall through the stage and into the orchestra pit. Jesus. But what is this thing about? Like, what's the plot? On August 15, 2013, actor Daniel Curry was hurt by apparently being pinned under a piece of equipment and suffered leg trauma. It's a Spider-Man show, but um, the first half of it is like a Spider-Man show with Spider-Man plot. Yeah. And then the second half involves the Greek goddess, like, Arachne or Ariadne or something. Arachne? No. Uh, Euclid? Basically, it, it, like, takes this weird, like, Greek mythology turn for some reason, because I think the person who wrote the book wasn't actually that interested in (laughs) Spider-Man. Okay, sure. I want to bring the Greek gods to a new generation, and the only way I can do that is with Greek gods. Arachne. Arachne invades his dreams. She realises she'll be no longer alone now that there is another spider to share her darkness, and she sings the titular song, Turn Off the Dark. What? What? (laughs) There's two versions? Oh yeah, second plot released in 2014 also has details and seems to be less about Arachne from this brief skim of the plot summary. Makes a lot more sense. But she still sings the titular song, Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> Ark Chung Baby is the seventh studio album by U2, released October 18, 1991. Nice. It's a U2 album, you know? Yeah, I know. I know all too well. Yeah, another thing they do when you talk and you two to me is they say the phrase Achtung, baby, a lot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because as Jojo Wiki and also high school history informed me, Achtung is German and translates to attention or caution. Attention, baby. Attention, baby. So this baby, the stand name is Achtung, baby. Yeah. But the baby is the, not named Achtung. The baby has a name, though I'm pretty sure that name is only given in one of the last pages of part four. Oh, Oh, that's annoying. And his net or her name is Aktung Baby. <laughs> yeah. Little Baby Aktung. <laughs> so Aktung, you are coming home with us now. Um, I mean, 
Are you sure you're the parents? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah, we, we take the baby now. After the ad break, we have a little cutaway as an unseen man is um, getting his manuscript back at, at that yeah. cafe. What? This went fucking nowhere, this episode. It was just this thing that happened. Not this time, Nicky boy. Not this time. So this th- is an anime-only scene. Oh, okay. So this guy just hands over. It's like, here you go. Here's your manuscript back, sir. I think, did he say it was like, it's quite good? He says, I'm looking forward to future volumes, sensei. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I believe, were you able to read Japanese? (laughs) (laughs) Liam, how long have you known me for now? Am I a man who looks like he can read Japanese without trying to be racist? I mean, I know you can't. Um, Correct. I I may be mistaken on this because I also can't read Japanese. Um, But I believe that mm. if you could read the characters that were on the envelope, they may, and I don't care about giving you this phrase if you haven't encountered it yet. Okay. May have had the phrase pink dark boy written on it. <gasps> oh my god, that's a reference. Is it? I don't know. I, I assume it is. But a <laughs> reference, Liam. That's something. I know what it is. Pink dark boy. Yeah. Like some kind of lighter shade of Spider-Man. And as a matter of fact, I believe we've seen some um some appearances of pink dark boy um publications in like the background of scenes to to date. Pink Dark Boy in Backgrounds of Scenes, Publications to Date. Has anyone been reading any books? Not reading, but like on bookshelves and shit. Or tables. It's not like sh- it's not like a Shonen Jump reference or something. Uh, kind of. Or like Dark Horse Comics or some Dark shit. Dark Horse like- Boy. Dark Horse Boy. Anyway. We need to rename. So then, then that mm. moves swiftly along from that as Joseph and Josuke are- It cuts away without any fucking conclusion. It doesn't cut away. It sort of like pans across to the street that Joseph and Josuke are walking down. Yeah, but then it cuts and then it's like so. It, it's not a cutaway. It's, uh, a, it's a different sort of transition. Nick. Uh, fine. All right. They're going to go buy some baby shit from Family Club. Now, I'm guessing, just guessing, that Araki at this point did not have a child. I don't know. I mean, if he had a child, no wonder he knows so much about fucking babywear. But so, if he didn't have a child, bit weird. We've been beating around the bush a lot, so let's um, <laughs> let's start moving along. So Josuke's all like, okay, I don't want to go into the baby store because like I'm a cool delinquent, and people will be like, that 16 year old kid got a girl pregnant, and I'm not about that. Yeah, I have a reputation to uphold. You do it, old man. Yeah, take my take my 16 year old credit card, Joseph. I've, I've been working really hard and making a lot of savings. Okay, so don't spend all my money, old man. So he goes in there, and this is this is like presented comedically, but it's quite sad. This old man like being bamboozled by this manipulative shopkeeper who is half his height. Yes, this tiny, this tiny baby store elf. <laughs> what is with Mario and these really short people? <laughs> like, I'll tell you this for free: this guy didn't start huge in the manga. <laughs> oh man! So he's like, I gotta get some diapers. Well, sir. Uh, if you just come with me, I'm sure I'll be able to help you out. Here you go. Here are all our adult diapers. As you can see, they're high quality. No, I want baby diapers. Oh, apologies, sir. I didn't realise that you... Okay, yep. And then he starts lift- listing off all this criteria that confuses Joseph because it wasn't so difficult when he was raising babies. So you have like a snap lock. You have like one that comes off. Do you want cloth or disposable pull-ups? Blah, blah, blah. Size. This one's economic. We've got S size, M size, L size, XL size, and both boy and girl varieties. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm I, not totally sure. Um, 
but I I guess and cut super close up on the guy's face, which happens a few times throughout this scene. Mm. But like, it would be inconvenient for us if you tried to return them after buying the wrong size, sir. Uh, well, I guess I'll um take them all. All right then, and also I'll get some bottles and wipes too. Well, sir, what kind of bottle would you like? Glass or plastic? The glass is. Uh, It doesn't scratch as easily, but it's heavy. The plastic is light, but it has a smell. There are different shapes and sizes as well. This one is shaped like a rocket. This one the baby can hold on to. This one has a doll inside it that moves when your baby lifts the bottle. Uh... I've got a few. What kind of bottle nipple would you like? This one's rubber. It's soft, but it won't last. This one's silica and it's hard, but it's durable. This one has a diaphragm in it so that it only reacts to the baby sucking. This is a nook from Germany. The baby has to use its jaw, which is good for it. I'll take all of them, I guess. And what shaped nipple hole did you want? This one's Y-shaped, blah, blah, blah. Oh, all of it, please. And also some baby clothes and socks. So he gets a lot of shit. It comes to a little over 130,000 yen. Now, now, no one knows how much that is in dollars. <laughs> Joseph doesn't and neither do we. So Joseph basically goes, hang on, so... If 100 yen is 80 cents, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's not that much. Can't be that expensive. It's just baby stuff. It's something like $1,300 approximately, right? Meanwhile, Josuke is waiting outside and some girls walk past, which he like hides his face as as they do. (gasps) They can't see me with this invisible baby. And they're like, man, did you hear about that girl with that ruby red ring? I wonder what happened with that. Foreshadowing. Or like backshadowing, maybe? So many shadows. Reminding us of previous foreshadowing. (laughs) The foreshadowing that foreshadows the foreshadowing. Dynamic lighting. Crisp outer edges. Full three. Joseph returns and he's like, here's your credit card, Josuke. And we see the invisible baby in baby clothes. It's like, hmm, well, the baby's still invisible. I'll put some foundation on it, because I'm a smart man, smart old man, put some makeup. So he puts this foundation on. And uh, he may have gone a bit pale. It's basically just like, you know, in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, how the Invisible Man has that white. Sure. Or um, like, for instance, in the property, the Invisible Man is drawn from. Yeah. uh, He has like the white face that he uses paint or something like that. Sure. Like grease paint. Yeah. Something like that. Um, Yeah. It looks like that. Like literally just bleak white kind of uh, with like no eyes, Mm. no mouth. So Josuke is like, hey, that's a good idea. And so then Joseph takes it too far and it's scant and gives the baby like full makeup. And he's like, here's some lipstick and then here's some eyebrows. Draw on some eyelashes and eyebrows. And uh, it starts looking a bit creepy. Yeah. Josuke remarks like, man, you just can't trust him. As soon as you give him one compliment, he always takes it too far. And we can't put all makeup on the eyes. So I got these sunglasses and she looks super cool. <laughs> she looks like a hip young bab. Sure. Unfortunately. It doesn't last. The baby begins turning invisible. Joseph is like, um, maybe I put was too light on the foundation. It seems like it's coming off. And then there's like a pulse and the baby vanishes and so do Joseph's hands. And uh, Joseph is like, yo, put down the baby. They put it in the pram and the, the basket of the pram goes invisible. They can still see the wheels and also the handle. And Joseph's hands are still gone. Right, right. And to test for some reason after seeing all that, Joseph picks up a dummy off the table and throws it in. It lands in the... Um, the pram then bounces out and we oh, and turns invisible on the way mm. and then we sort of like see the dust patter of it hitting the floor but still invisible that is uh, concerning concerning everything in about 30 centimeters of the baby is turning invisible 
At this point, this big bastard drives by on his bicycle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And he's like, he sees the semi-invisible pram. And he's like, look at that weird junk. Who's going to clean that up? Not me. Then he throws his cigarette butt at it. Like, there's two people standing right next to it. It could be their stuff. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, fuck them. Joseph... Josuke's got his back turned at this point. Mm-hmm. So Josuke... Ugh, too many Joes. Do you know how I feel throughout all of these uh, Jojo things? Confused. <laughs> just every part is just like, and now we add another Joe. It's like, oh God. Oh God, why? Joseph like dives and catches it again. Very athletic for an old man. Mm, but and the moment demands it. It turns invisible as he catches it. So Josuke doesn't really see what he's done. Mm. But as, and as he's explaining, the pram starts to roll away because of the bump it got. Josuke's like, what did you do, old man? Yeah, and it's it looks pretty cool. Look, it's cause they've, they've deduced that the um, invisibility field gets stronger as the baby gets stressed. Mm. So as it starts rolling down in a runaway pram, you can imagine it's quite stressed. Yeah. So we start singing, it looks like a big... Um, a hole in the ground. Or yeah, like a some big kind ditch of being yeah. ground through the... Um, the and it also looks like holes are being blown in trees and stuff as it passes by. But of course, it's all just turning invisible. So there's nothing to worry about. I suppose not. So Josuke starts running in going, oh God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh God, this, this is bad. bad. This is bad. And we hear the sound of the stroller flipping over and then a splash oh, as it lands in the river. So Josuke runs to this river and goes, oh f- He's really having a bad time. I can't see the baby because the water is clear. And Joseph catches up and he's like, Josuke. And he's like, shut up, old man. I hate you. Cut to his internal monologue. This all happened because he's so irresponsible. How could he be my father? Oh, he was okay with abandoning me for 16 years. Me and my mum. I could never respect him. I'll never love my dad. It's almost as though he was invisible to him. Whoa. (gasps) It's a pun. It's not a pun. It's a metaphor. Yeah, pun. Sure. So he's like, you stay out of this useless old man. I'm going to go swim for this baby. So he does. He does. And he he's useless though. He, how he am I supposed to find an invisible baby in clear water? Joseph hops into the water and is all like... Well, he doesn't, we don't even see him hop in the water. Joseph's case surfaces for air. And then Joseph's Joseph behind him in the water. He's all like, son. He's, he's standing there. He's got his invisible hands. And he just says... I might die in a moment, so when that happens, give my regards to your mother. The fuck you want about old man? I'm quite old now, you see. Anyway, time to die, and then he cuts his invisible wrist. And uh, blood shoots out mm-hmm. in true anime fashion. And he slowly sinks into the... Into the water. Yeah. And he's, what, is, what the fuck are you doing, man? And he says, uh, I'm adding colour to the water. That's like the orchestral swell. Yeah, sure. As, as um, you know, the the climax of this metaphor reaches yeah, oh, full such, impact. Such a touching sacrifice. And we see in the middle of all the blood water, there's this little circle that's not red. And it's full dramatic effect. It's literally glowing. Mm. And we, then we cut to Crazy Diamond holding uh, Aktung Baby aloft like uh, Rafiki at the start of The Lion King. <laughs> The child is free. And then, just for good measure, Josuke goes and makes this metaphor just really explicit. He's all like, no one would ever think to do this. Not for someone else's child that they've never met before. No one would go this far. Oh. Oh. The baby's like me. I see now. He does love me even though he's never met me. Mm. And he would do a lot for me. I see. I get it. He'd even sacrifice his life. And 
you know, um, slowly dying Joseph head just above water is like, I wanted to look cool in front of you. <laughs> and then we all realise. Everyone smiles. Everyone's happy. And we all realise that maybe Joseph really is that scene. I was like, I want to look cool. Slit wrist. I don't think so. I mean, maybe. We just don't know. Cut till later that night. We've taken first steps towards developing a relationship between this estranged father and son. Mm-hmm. Josuke is taking off his signature school uniform jacket. We get a prominent shot of his Joestar birthmark on his shoulder blade. Mm. And he reaches into his pocket, pulls out his credit card and the receipt from earlier. He goes, oh, uh, oh, wow, this is a long receipt. What the fuck? 130,000 yen? Cut to the Morio Grand Hotel. Jotaro's there. Joseph's there. The baby's there. They also have like turn around in response to a loud noise. End of episode. <laughs> Beautiful. So, Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. Highlight. The metaphor. Yeah, just the metaphor. Yeah, I'll pay that. It's pretty fucking solid. I agree. It's very literal. It's very literal, but it's also very touching. It's very good. It's very nice. It's very. It's a nice metaphor. And beyond the obvious um, implications, Ari, the Joseph and Josuke relationship, it also is a nice to see that despite all of his mental and physical... Degeneration mm. Joseph is still willing to do the unthinkable, the, the dumb Joseph Joestar stuff that that he's known for. Just to be like those big gambits. Yeah, just to be like, you know what, son, you forgot. We could take some dirt and just fuck around with the lake a bit to make it dirty. But there's I've no got- time for that. What? <laughs> I'll uh. cut my own throat, <laughs> son. I'll be dead soon. <laughs> It's like seppuku's Oh man Your highlight Liam? Oh same Same? Yep Yep. Low light Mm -hmm. The bit Where He's in the baby store Because it just kind of drags on a bit It is sort of a protracted And it's like it's fun I really dislike mm -hmm. that shopkeeper He's clearly been so blatantly manipulative Oh yeah I mean that's what shopkeepers do that's not how you have long-term customers, though. Nah, man. You got the thing that they need. It weirds me out when Joseph discovers the baby is a girl. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit weird. But, I mean, at the same time, like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's not. But it's just it's a bit fu- weird. It's fine, but it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. I was just like, haha, it's a girl. It's like, really? Really? Okay. Sure. Great. That's, that's good to know, old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Nick... Yachtung. Sure, baby. Baby. Joseph Joestar and his son, Josuke Higashikata, are kind of reconciling. Are taking their first steps towards reconciliation. Ah, they now have a baby. They now have a baby. It's like, um, have you ever seen the film The Lobster? Where no. They, they set up people together and if they have any issues, they introduce a child. Um, oh, because God. They say, yeah, that'll... Because that works in every relationship that's struggling, doesn't it? Well, yeah, that's their theory. It's like, we introduce a child because that will bring you together. And then there's like a guy who basically weaseled his way into explaining that... Or like getting a girl that wasn't suited for him. Mm -hmm. And so then they have like three kids. (laughs) Joseph Joestar and Josuke Hikashikata have started to repair their relationship. The arrow has been secured by Jotaro Kujo. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good point. But stand users still remain in Mario. Hmm. What do you think will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in the episode entitled Let's Go to the Manga Artist's House?
Oh, fuck. Okay, I need to know right now. It's not Araki. God damn it. Okay, all right, that's fine. That's fine. Is it Junji Ito? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So they go to Junji. Wait, is it the house or the studio? Um, I'll, I'll tell you this for free. Yep. He has a ha- studio in his house. Okay, all right. Manga artist house. Okay, here's what I reckon is going on. So, <laughs> the um, they're, they're trying to track what, down. Why don't you start with um, who, who our protagonists that we're dealing with in this episode are? Okay, well, obviously it's going to be Jotaro and Josuke out on the town again. Jotaro, you say? Yeah, because, like, he's invested in finding these stand users, sure, right? Sure, sure. So I reckon Jotaro's going to be going, like, there are still stand users around Mario, blah, blah, blah. Let's go find some stuff. Or maybe it's the kid's mother. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. Um. Okay, yeah. I reckon Jotaro, Josuke, and maybe Joseph? Maybe? All our Joey friends. Yeah, all the Joes will come together and be like, yo. The Joe stars. Yeah. And they'll go on a little voyage because they have to find out where this baby lives or where the baby comes from. So, like, maybe the manga artist is the baby's I think parents? I know there's something that I... 99% chance I'm going to do something like this in a couple of weeks. Uh But I think I want to give you some information to just head off a season of speculation. (sighs) Ooh, okay. All right. We're never meeting this baby's parents. Fuck. Okay. All right. Um, mm, well, in that case. Okay. Maybe it's... Okay, maybe there's two stories happening simultaneously. One is... <laughs> okay, sure. One is Jotaro back at the Morio Grand Hotel looking after the baby. Oh, man. That's going to be great. Yeah. So it's just like, eh. It's like, what? Come on, pull yourself What do together. you want? To use your words. And then it's just like, eh. Jotaro loves the baby because it's transparent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a deep irony here that... You're the most transparent human being I've ever seen, but you're absolutely impenetrable. And I find myself having to become some kind of transparent. <laughs> oh, God. That was a hell of a joke. <laughs> um, okay, so I reckon he's going to be back at the Mario Hotel looking after this kid. Uh, and then everyone else will be like, right, so we need to find out the source of this bow and arrow. Okiyasu, where did you get the bow and arrow from? And he'll be like, I got it from this weird manga artist. I think we've already learned that Kate Show went to Egypt to get it. Never mind. Maybe. Why would they go to a manga artist's house? That's what gets Why me. would they go to an Italian restaurant? I mean, they're not just going to go to a manga artist's house for manga. They went to the Italian <laughs> restaurant because they were hungry. Let's go buy some locally sourced manga. Exactly, right? You don't do that. Um, maybe they... Maybe it's one of Joseph's old friends. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe Tomoko is the manga artist, but that seems hugely unlikely. Because then also, why wouldn't it be let's go to Josuke's house? Yeah, basically. Why? Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's go to the manga artist's house. Okay. Jodo's looking after the baby. Joseph and Josuke are going to the manga artist's house. Because they want to. <laughs> they want to. Um, uh, maybe he's an old friend of Joseph or something. Sure. Or maybe they use Hermit Purple or to be Joe like... Or Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe they use Hermit Purple to find something out and be like... There's oh. a stand user here. It might be a manga artist. Yeah, exactly. They might do that and be like, ah, oh, he's a stand user. Well, we need to find out who he is so we can befriend him yep. or something like that. And... 
And then there's this mysterious manuscript. What could that be about? Uh, probably not a manga. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be the manga artist, but at the same time, I don't think it is. And then there's this mysterious red ruby ring. Yeah, I don't think the manga artist Seven has hands. anything to do with that. Oh, you know, hands are very hard to draw. <laughs> You know, you have to get the proportions just mm. right. So you need to cut off a bunch of people's hands to use them as practice models. Shit, you know what? That could actually be it, now that <laughs> I think about it. It could be a matter of he's been cutting off hands and taking... Steamed hands. Yeah. Taking their hands back. Wait, no, didn't they find the hand? Our protagonists have never interacted with the hand. But had the police been like, yeah, there was this person found dead with no hands? Not that I recall. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe he does take the hands. Maybe he takes the hands. Maybe he takes the rest of them. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, okay, so you think it's it's going to be like a, a searching for stand users? Yeah, thing. probably. Cool. Just like a matter of, where's another stand user? Let's go find And do you think him. the uh, manga artist will be a stand user? I mean, yes. Of course <laughs> it he, is. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. No question. If an Italian chef can be a stand user, a manga artist will be a stand Any user. Any thoughts on what the manga artist stand, use, stand might be? Okay. I have three theories. Oh my god. <laughs> Stick with me here. Number one, it's like a Junji Ito manga artist. So he draws like horror fiction. Sure. And he imbues, like when you read the manga. You see your real t- terrors. Yeah, exactly. And it's like real fear comes at you because sure. the stand He's is like, like Scarecrow, but a cartoonist. Yeah. Second theory, it's like Araki, where the stand has fuck all to do with what you think it does. So it's like, oh yeah, I draw. And then it like comes out the back of him and like, I don't know, just gives him visions or some shit like that. Sure, yeah. You know, it's makes just some, him draw it's really just some well. bullshit. Yeah, it just makes him draw really well or something like that. Third one, it's like whoever does the manga for Berserk. And he's like... It, it takes forever and you never get off a boat. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, here we go. We're going to draw this thing. And then he's like crippling depression. You know, it's like his stand is just a personification of his mental state. Sure. And he's like... Oh, I'm just never good enough, you know? Right. What is life? Solid series of guesses. All of them wrong. <laughs> yes. Oh, Let's shit. wrap things up. I don't know how to wrap things up. This has been our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Han Solo discussion Ugh. podcast. If you want to correspond with Han Solo, you can reach him at hansolo at gmail.com. And you can reach us at JoJo's Podcast at gmail.com, all the same on Twitter. Uh, if you enjoy our content and would like to financially support us for whatever reason you might have, whether that be because you actually enjoy us or for just some reason. Or just want to get rid of money, I don't know. It's not fucking tax deductible, is it? I imagine not. No, it's not. Uh, that's one less reason. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at JoJo's Unless World you're Patreon. like some sort of um, small government fringe lunatic and you don't want to give the government tax. <laughs> then by all means, give it to us. Mm. Uh, yeah, at JoJo's World Patreon, where we also just. You, of course, give out mean some... patreon.com slash JoJo's World. That's exactly what I mean. Uh, or maybe it's JoJo's podcast. I can't remember, but it's one of those two. If you it's look JoJo's up, world. There you go. We have uh, some bonus content if you pay enough money, because we want to get the things, and you'll get a shout out on Give the show. Give us that cheddar. Yeah, yeah. You can get a shout out on the show. You can prompt us to talk about Pokemon for ten minutes. <laughs> and let's be real, Protomon are the best Pachiamon. Oh, the Protomon are my favorite eight-bit uh, cover band. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that's a real band, because that needs to be a real band. Until next time. To be continued. <laughs>